Welcome to Mortification of Spin, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. There are many qualifications in the Bible pastors and elders have to meet to serve in ministry. Did you know that how you conduct your household is one of them? Does a pastor get disqualified by what his family does? Or how he acts as head of his family? What's Paul trying to tell us anyway? Let's join the hosts for this conversation. Well, today on the podcast, we want to revisit a topic we've uh, addressed before, but to do it in a slightly different way. We want to talk about biblical qualifications for eldership and ministry, but to focus in particular on one that arises out of an image that Paul is particularly fond of in his pastoral epistles, and that is the the picture of household management, where Paul says that it's important for an elder to be a good manager of his household, because if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he manage the household of God? And I thought we'd start by asking Amy, as the token woman on the podcast, uh, how her own household is is managed. Amy, I'm thinking particularly of First uh, Peter chapter 3, mm-hmm. uh, describing the household of, of one of the great patriarchs of the faith, yes. Abraham. We hear this. Uh, this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Mm-hmm. Do you call Matt Lord or mm-hmm. Lord he, Matt or, or prefers, my Lord Matt? He prefers... Uh, Master. Master. Master and commander, perhaps. Master and commander. I like that. Master Matt. I'll tell my wife about that. Is Matt Matt an elder in the church? No. Sounds like he's eminently qualified. Absolutely. He runs his house. Uh, He's got got 1 Timothy 3, 4 down. Master? No, I call my husband husby. Husby. Mm. Do you ever put sir at the end of sentences? Husby sir, no. When you're fetching the coffee? No, no, no. No? No. I will. I will get him a drink, though, if he asks me. (laughs) Well, see, that's nice. Out of my kindness for him. That's nice. My love for him. That sounds like decent household management on Matt's part. (laughs) You know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this one's one's quite touchy, isn't it? I mean, of all the the qualifications listed in uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, the the one on he, he must manage his household... Well, that one probably carries with it the most kind of emotional mm. baggage with it as far as, you know, how do you judge that? Mm. What criteria are we looking for? How do you tell a man who's a candidate that he can't serve as an office bearer because we've determined that you're not a good manager yeah. of your household? That's a tough one. Yeah, particularly if the person's, let's say, you know, been to seminary, yeah. invested a considerable amount of money in getting an, an MDiv or equivalent, and is looking for ordained office in the church, but yep, his household is chaotic. Right, right. Paul, I think, would look at that and say, you know, you may have the biblical languages, you may be the husband of one wife, you may be able to teach, you may be a great preacher, but if your household is in chaos, you cannot serve right. as an office bearer right. in the church because... If a man does not manage his own household well, how can he be expected to to manage the household of God? Right. So I wonder, you know, kind of as as we look at this initially, if if a good place to start would be to talk about what what it probably doesn't mean. Um, I mean, I'll take the lowest hanging fruit. Obviously, it doesn't mean that that there can be no sin or flaws within a man's household. 
uh, or that way we wouldn't be talking about uh, a, a fellow uh, human being. But how far can that go? Any other ideas on, on, on what we would say it, it, it can't mean? Well, clearly it isn't calling for perfection. I mean, one of the things that I, I've seen these passages used rhetorically in times past to, to try to get out of, of disciplining people. And this right. is, you know, well, who, who measures up to yeah. all of these kind of standards? Well, as you say, I think the first thing we need to understand is Paul is not calling for perfection mm-hmm. here. He doesn't believe in sinless perfection, right. this side of glory. So Paul is not calling for perfection. He's calling for somebody to exhibit what we might describe as, as reasonable levels of mm-hmm efficient and appropriate household mm-hmm. management enough so that his reputation is intact yeah. as as a man who is mature in the faith who's mature relationally uh again relating to that uh, idea of he's thought well of yeah. by others there, there's nothing in his home that would render his reputation scandalous yeah such that you know neither his neighbors nor nor the people in the congregation when they hear that he's becoming an elder in the church or a minister in the church are going to say wow that guy but mm-hmm. his kids do this or i've mm-hmm. seen the way he runs his household and it's total chaos mm-hmm. it reminds me of the um the illustration in ephesians 5 of christ's love for his church that we're given of marriage there and that mystery um, if a man can't manage his household well, then he's really doing something to that image. And, you know, it's pretty much saying, like, look, you don't get it if you're demanding and you're bullying in your home. And you don't get it if you're, you know, just passively yeah. sitting on the couch and letting your wife rule the whole house either. But you you need to show the love of Christ mm-hmm. to your family. And, and that's a servant leadership yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I really admire about my husband when I'm thinking about this is, um, you know, it doesn't mean that you don't mess up sometimes in your leadership. And he's really good at apologizing and Mm -hmm. asking forgiveness, even from the kids when he yells at them, you know, too much about something or, you know, just blows it on a discipline occasion. Because I think if you take this as I need to discipline perfect every single time, Mm -hmm. then, um, you're you're not as quick to apologize. Yeah. yeah. So there's a there's a there's a kind of a manifest humility right. in this man's relationship with his with his family. If he's married and has children, mm-hmm. there, there's a there's a, a manifest humility there. Yeah, knowing that Christ has forgiven you, then you can go to your children even and ask for forgiveness. Perhaps one way of approaching this is to ask, you know, well, well what does this look like? And then to ask the question, and why is that important? Mm-hmm. Why, what, what connection is Paul trying to make mm-hmm. here? So what do you think? I mean, Amy's just given us a great example from, uh, from, of Lord Matt uh, mm-hmm. in her household. Uh, Master Matthew. You know, what would be aspects of household management that Paul might have in mind? Bearing in mind that what would have been a household in the ancient world would be a little different in some ways, but I think the basic Mm -hmm. principles would probably remain the same throughout the ages. Yeah. I I think certainly it, it it should capture an idea of, of, of a minimized level of chaos, um, which relates to things like how children are disciplined, um, uh, how a husband responsibly provides financially. Um, we, we understand that catastrophes can happen. We understand that, that uh, there can be certain situations happening well outside the control of, 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 a, of a husband and a father. But all things remaining equal, mm. it's a man who's, who's able to maintain a certain level of stability in the home, both through his work 
in, in providing and in through his discipline in guiding uh, his children. So if a man is spending money on, on what would otherwise be legitimate things, but it's preventing him from, say, cherishing his wife, that would be an example Absolutely. of bad household management. Right, right. A man who, who makes a living wage, what he makes, he's able to support his family, and yet because of very a, a series of irresponsible choices or habitually spending in a way um, that, that constantly puts his family at financial risk, that's a problem. Mm. That's mm. a problem. What about locking your keys inside a running car? That could be a, a sign of, of, uh, of, of having problematic friends yeah. or, or, or investing so much attention in your friends you accidentally yeah. lock your... Well, what happens if your wife is constantly being pulled over by the police and done for speeding? <laughs> <laughs> would, that, would that be a sign of bad household that management? That could be a problem. Uh, that could be a problem. Carl confessing all of ours? Yeah, 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 exactly. Shooting, well, shooting the tolls, I think, <laughs> on, the, on the turnpike. Yeah. You know, one thing that relates to this is obviously, you know, the, the problem of what, what happens when um, there's an otherwise godly family uh, but they have a child who ends up making horrible choices. Either they depart from the faith or or, or there's been um, a sexual scandal on, on the part of a child. Um, I, I have heard from some where that is pretty much, those types of things are pretty much automatically considered um, a failure of, of, mm. of the qualification held forth in 1 Timothy 3. Um, I disagree with that, but I, I would be interested to hear you all's uh, you know, weigh in on that issue. What, what, what about a, a child that either departs from the faith or, or sins in some rather public ways? Does that render um, his or her dad um, unqualified for service as an, as, a, as an office bearer? Well, some people, of course, take Titus uh, 1, uh, 6. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife and his children are believers and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. Yep. Some read that in a very strict way and say the children have got to be professed believers. And some I've heard have even taken that to the point that if, if a child departs from the faith in later life, having left the home, uh, if the father's a minister or an elder, he needs to resign. I think it's a more complicated passage than that. There's, there's, the, the, it is a somewhat contested reading, but that would be, be one passage that one would need to look at. I think uh, on a less uh, contentious way of addressing the, the question you raised, Todd, would be to ask the question of how somebody addresses the issue. When, when the child is, let's say, caught smoking pot yeah. or, you know, the child shoots the tolls on the turnpike. Uh, by accident. <laughs> by accident. You may have been able to hear the inverted commas around accident there. I think the question then becomes how does somebody react to this? I've seen cases where parents will always make excuses for their children's mm. bad behavior and it becomes a means of them not having to take a stand necessarily. Uh, that's a problem. That's not good household management. So I would say every situation is going to be different, mm -hmm. but good household management doesn't mean that nothing ever goes wrong, but it means that when something goes wrong, the response of the leader of the household is a mature, intelligent, mm -hmm. in thought, mm -hmm. a thoughtful, and appropriate one. I think that's what the verse kind of leads into. In verse 5, then, it says, if for someone does not know how to marriage manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? Mm -hmm. Well, you're not walking in to shepherd a church that is full of perfect Christians. So there are going to be those kind of problems all the time. And how, how do you manage that as an elder when, when those problems come forth? And so I think that um, same in your family, there's going to be issues. And when I think of, of some of these bigger sins, um, 
it takes a lot of humility to manage a household. So there's this, you know, you have the elders, not just yourself. So you come to them and you ask, Mm -hmm. do you think that I contributed to Mm -hmm. this? Do you think this is a result of my household household management or... Are you going to make excuses for your kid or ex- make excuses for your parenting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's a good insight in, in, as far as if, if, if an office bearer in the church uh, has a child that commits a, a rather scandalous sin, um, certainly I, I, I would see it as part of the process for him to go to his fellow elders to the session and say, brothers, speak into my life here. Do you see something in the way I've parented? Do you see something in the way I've lived that uh, that contributed uh, somehow to my child's uh, sin, and therefore, there, and and then for there to be real honesty yeah. at that point. And that I think touches as well on that. There's a pedagogical aspect to being a good manager of a household. That you know, to be a manager of a household, you know, you're not going to get perfection. Mm-hmm. You have to move the household towards where the household needs to be, and that takes time and it takes right. wisdom to know how to do that. And even involves when you're dealing with children. Children are very different. Uh, a strategy that works well with one child right. might have no impact at all on the child. So there's a an intangible wisdom aspect that comes from being a good household manager. And I think this also I- implies a, a level of knowledge of the person. We've talked before about when when we've talked about some of these qualifications, the, the necessity of, of of these office bearers being known, uh, that they have a long enough track record uh, with the church and with the other members of talking about elders, the other members of the session here, uh, that, that, that we know this man. Um, we, we've been in his home. Uh, and again, he one of the... must be hospitable. He's got to be hospitable. Yeah. Um, so, That's so, where your guard's down in your home. You ab- can be very well you, polished in the church even. <laughs> exactly. You know a lot. You, you can learn a lot about a person by being in their home. That's why I don't mm-hmm. let Carl in my house. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, but there that's... There you go. You know, <laughs> a, 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 an elder is someone, an overseer is someone who has people in their home. Um, they can afford to have someone in their home emotionally. You know, their their home is not in such a level of chaos or scandal um, that they can't regularly have people uh, in their home. I think elders are meant to represent both by teaching and by example. That's which all Christians should aspire. That's not to set the elders up as much more righteous than than other people, but it's to say people should be able to listen to an elder speak and look at the way an elder lives his life and think, yes, that is God's plan for my life. Right. And that they're pointing people to Christ, that my, and that's, right. you know, yeah. what my husband does as well. Yeah. So yeah. so why is it that household management is the, the, the image that grips Paul's imagination? In the pastoral epistles, when he's writing about how to organize the church, mm-hmm. the household, you know, elsewhere he'll talk about the church as the body of Christ or the temple of the Holy Spirit. Here he grabs hold of the household image. Mm-hmm. What is it? What, what is it about these skills of good household management mm-hmm that equip somebody or when you see these strengths in the household, you know, those strengths are going to be useful. They're going to translate well into the context of the church. I think one of the things you have to have from leadership in a home, which translates directly into leadership in the church is a, um, expressions of both, um, uh, sternness at times and gentleness so that the sternness is not too stern and the discipline isn't licentiousness. Um, in the same way that, that parents are called to discipline their children, and yet fathers are warned not to exasperate their children. Mm-hmm. So, so that seems to be something that, again, a, a congregation needs from its spiritual overseers is a willingness to bring about discipline where it's necessary, 
but also a very manifest level of, of gentleness among the flock of God. Yes. Blessed are the meek. I mean, being sure. angry at the right things mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and being gentle. Yep. Yep. So that, I think that would certainly be one aspect where there's, where there's a, a direct correlation. Yeah, I think the the children aspect is important. Not that every elder has to have children. No, I don't think that's what Paul's saying here. But if a man isn't willing to stand up to his own children, mm-hmm. if he's not willing to make hard decisions relative to his own children, I think two things follow. One, one has to question his ability to make hard decisions in the context of the church. Will he have the courage mm-hmm. to make the tough calls uh, when he's leading the church? And secondly, Given the fact that an awful lot of issues that arise pastorally in the church connect to families and to children, mm-hmm. uh, will not the elder whose own kids are rebellious and where he has not handled them well, will he not suffer a lack of moral authority when it comes to speaking into the lives of members of the congregation who are undergoing the same kind of things. Yeah. It's a little bit like, you know, an elder's got to be the husband of one wife. You know, it shouldn't be a man who's, you know, had multiple wives. Well, a lot of marriage issues come up, and it's important that when an elder speaks into a situation relative to a marriage, he's not vulnerable to the, oh, yes, you say that, right. but you act in this way. Right. Don't tell me not to beat my wife when I see the bruises on your wife's arm on a Sunday morning. Yeah. And I think the same applies with with mm-hmm. children. Yeah, and and again, the idea of uh, there in in First Timothy three seven, he, he's got to be well thought of by others. He's got to be well thought of. So it's not a question of whether or not an elder is going to have a child who's rebellious at some point. Of course, he's if he has children, they're going to be rebellious at some point. The point is, does he handle it in such a way that his reputation is not diminished mm-hmm. because of it? So, yeah, it's tough. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's really tough. Yeah, this isn't tough an easy call at right. all. Yeah. And I mean, I think anybody listening who is a father or even a mother knows how tough mm-hmm. this passage is. And pastors and elders, and I'm glad you said fathers and mothers, the wives of pastors and elders right. have to be willing to say, you can look at our family. Mm. Yeah. You, you can you can look over our shoulder. Members of the session can check on our family now we understand without getting creepy but 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 the fact that these things are demanded carries with it the idea that i'm going to let people look into my life Mm -hmm. i'm even going to let them look at how i discipline my children and how i raise my children Mm -hmm. that becomes in part their business Mm -hmm. not everybody's willing for that but to be an office bearer you have to be willing to have some sort of access. Yeah. And that's why it's important, I think, for uh, elders and ministers to mingle with their congregations yes. on a Sunday after the service. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's important that the people see how elders and ministers behave towards their wives right. and towards their children. These mega churches, these churches where the minister appears in the pulpit, preaches, and then disappears straight mm-hmm. to a study afterwards, there is no openness. There's no scrutiny. There's no, frankly, there's no modeling of good household management for the congregation, which raises questions in my mind about the teaching of Paul here. Why does Paul say this mm-hmm. if actually our households are not going to be in some way a model mm-hmm. Uh, for for the church. Yeah. I'm also interested that Paul says uh, he manages household well with all dignity. Hmm. I think dignity is something that, you know, it's a word that causes sniggering these days. Yeah. We don't live in a dignified age. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
one of the the sad things about the baby boomers is, you know, they rebelled against their parents, and so they never really wanted to be authority figures because they didn't want to be rebelled against. Right. So they became friends of their children, and I think if you're just uh, one of your one of your children's buddies, there's no dignity there. Right. Dignity implies appropriate behavior within a kind of hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, one of the things I've explained to my kids when I can tell they've gotten mad at me over an issue of discipline, yeah. I'll, I'll tell them, look, you know what? If you're going to be mad at me, that's okay. I've got friends yeah. my own age. <laughs> you know? I mean, I've got yeah. – I, I, I love you. I yeah. like you. I uh-huh. want you to like me. I think yeah. that's a good thing. But yeah. at the end of the day, I've got friends my own age. And if you're mad at me, yeah. I'll, I'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's another you know, theme that we talk about a lot is just leadership, being able to take the hits, being able yep. to st- step in there and take the hits because they're coming. <laughs> And as far as transparency goes, I mean, I've got an idea. So, so um, what was it, about a year ago, we, we read an article by, uh, about Ed Young Jr., who was at that time angling to get a, uh, a, a television deal. Do you remember this? For, for a reality show for his, mm. oh, yeah. for his yeah. life. And I thought, now that's how to let people really in your get a te- get a, get yeah. a tv deal for well, a reality see how show that's working out for yeah truman Christian if you could families. swing that for you um i think i think america would be very interested middle-aged and angry i've yep. got the title already <laughs> you're, for there you're, you go your blind yeah. dog you know your blind old dog. blind dog yeah. yes yeah. yeah yeah uh yeah your wife going to kickboxing lessons my wife going to kickboxing <laughs> lessons me sitting out on the deck scowling at the neighbors there you I go think, uh, i think we have the making that's a reality a show reality tv uh, show. guest appearance by honey boo boo yeah who yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, I do think um, when you're saying inviting people into your home, that's where a lot of mentoring can happen. You know, a lot of newly married people or let's even say the youth who, um, you know, know how their family is. It's a Christian family. But um, to have them over for lunch, they're watching. Yeah. They're big time watching. And I know just um, having the youth over to my home uh you know, they'll look at Matt in one way and I'm one way when we're teaching them um, in the classroom and, oh, everything looks so perfect, doesn't it? But then when they're in our house and our kids, well, you know, when they were little and we were doing it and they're spilling their milk and I'm losing my keys and can't, you know, my normal chaotic life at home and they see how we react in that. I'm like, oh, this is like our home too. <laughs> and um, we're not all that different really at all. But um, how do we model Christ and point to Christ in all these ways and honor him? Yeah. Well, the church is the household of God. Um, And just as the household of God uh, needs good leadership, so the home needs good leadership, just as the home needs good leadership, the household of God needs good leadership. And those who are called to be pastors and elders um, need to consider uh, 1 Timothy 3, verses 4 and 5 very carefully because those words mean something and that requirement means something. We know that it doesn't mean perfection, but it certainly does mean a reputation uh, that the elder be a man who manages his house well. He watches over his house well. He's gentle and yet firm when he needs to be. He's a good provider and yet he's frugal. Uh, There's so many things that go into this. Not to set up a legalistic standard, Mm -hmm. but God loves his church. And he's present. You betcha. He's Mm -hmm. present. He works hard and he's present. Yeah, yeah. If, 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 as you said, Amy, this is tough. It's not supposed to be easy. I think Carl has said before, while these standards do not uh, call for sinless perfection, they are high standards. They are high standards, and they're meant to be. And uh, we're glad um, they are. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, we're thankful that you joined us today. Hope this has been a helpful discussion, and we'll uh, talk to you again soon. Please uh, 
check in our, our website, mortificationofspin.org. Uh, look at the blogs that are there from, from Amy and from Carl and myself. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Mother's tired, she needs a rest. The kids are playing up downstairs. Sister's saying in her sleep. Brother's got a date to keep, he can't hang around. Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, the podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals, a coalition of pastors, scholars, and churchmen that exists to foster a reformed awakening in today's church. As we heard, it can be difficult for a pastor to remain faithful to God with all the pressures leadership brings. That's why we recommend you go to our website and listen to a message from this year's Reformation Worship Conference called Recovering Pastoral Piety. This message by David Strain, along with many other posts by Todd, Amy, and Carl, are at mortificationofspin.org. Come back next week for more conversation about public prayer and prayer in public. As opposed to what we've talked about before, praying in corporate worship service, leading people in worship in a corporate service, uh, praying out there in public, praying in a restaurant, praying for people, uh, praying in public settings. What do we think about it? How can it be a a, a means to witness or not? Um, What do you think? That's next week. We'll talk to you then. protection of women. I mean, how do they know women couldn't push heavy plows in caveman times? Have you seen the drawings of cavemen women? They were I mean, tough. They, they, were, they were big women. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, they had anchor tattoos yeah, on their exactly. forearms. And, uh, cavemen women were strong. <laughs>